good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to the FCFC pod. Tonight, we've got Tetlo, a man who runs, a man who jumps and sings for LA Football Club as a part of the crew right in front of us in TSG in the north end of Bank of California Stadium, a man who has experiences across the world in this in these sports we love in football and running uh a man who we've just grown to know i've grown to know and i've wanted to have on the pod and i you know finally asked him to come over he was good enough to come by we cover a lot of things on this episode and hit some recommendations that range from don't, don't give away the recommendations bro i was just gonna give him i was just gonna no, recap no. them right now at the beginning ruin it. all right i'm not gonna ruin the pod you're going to have to hold tight for what those recommendations are. Slim, hit him with the warning. Hit him with the warning. Hit him with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard of Dweez's place. There are horns honking. My dog's a psycho. And as per usual, we will be using profanity. So if you're at work or around children, you shouldn't hear cussing. It's probably a good time to stop listening. Damn, I should have thought of what I was going to say at the end. Fuck you guys. I don't know. <laughs> FCFC. Light that candle. La vela está encendida. FCFC are back. Back in black. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean fat boy, Slim. Sitting across from me is the sexy one, the taken one, the spice. Bing bong. To my right is the bearded one, the trekker, the the king of tea, the dweez. King of tea? That's, a, that's good. I'll take King of Tea. King of Tea. I mean, you're. I don't think I am the King of you're, Tea. You're our King of Tea. We don't know anyone else that weighs out their fucking tea leaves, bro. All right. <laughs> and tonight we have a very special guest. Our, our, you know, we we made our rounds through a lot of the the supporter groups in the thirty two fifty two, but it's our first time having our North End neighbors sitting right in front of us uh, in the backyard. We have. Tetlow from the crew joining us this evening. Cool, cool, cool. Welcome, all, welcome, cheers. <laughs> Why is that so loud? <laughs> I'm sorry, audience. If you weren't back? ready before, we hope you're ready now. Ready welcome, now. cheers, y'all. Cheers, 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 cheers. guys. Thanks, thanks for you, having Tetlo. me on. No, thanks for coming over, man. Mm. We're drinking a little. What is this called? Drinking a little of Slim's. Matsui whiskey. Matsui. It's very good. Kurayoshi pure malt, age 12. Pretty good. Tetlo. Yes, sir. You've been so supportive of our podcast. From the, <laughs> from the first time we met, you, you told me, listen, you loved it. And you know what the first question is going to be. I what do is, know what the first question what is. What is your oldest football memory, my friend? Uh, the first, first time I remember playing, first football anything I think was when I was I must have been six 
five, something like that. Uh, my family's from Botswana and we were living there. And I remember running around in this dirt field with a bunch of my cousins. Uh, and just, it was, I just remember it was, it was hot as hell. And kids that grow up there get these like really hard calluses on the bottom of their feet. And I, I was, we were all barefoot and I didn't have calluses. And I remember stepping on thorn, a couple of thorns and it was like the craziest, most painful thing in my life. And these kids would just, they step on something, they just brush it off yeah. and keep playing. And that's like, that's very vivid in my mind, the pain wow. from. If Yo, you ain't bleeding for this game, you ain't really <laughs> I know, yeah, no, I was just thinking, like, we've had a lot of uh, oldest football memories. That's one of the hardest ones yet. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just thorns in my feet. Out and falling out. With, barefoot. Yeah, yeah no dude, falling out. I wonder if the calluses get so hard that some at some point they don't stick in anymore. Like that, maybe maybe that's why they're able to just brush them out. And yeah. my soft and were, feet were just... Yeah. I, that's probably why the memory's old and vivid because it was so painful. Did you, like pain. did you know right away that you liked to play despite the pain? No, dude, he just got stabbed by thorns. <laughs> no, but were you, were you like, I mean, you, you go back in and you nurse your wounds, but then yeah. you're like, I'm going back out. I love this game, <laughs> Patty Ever style. I think I, I think I just love being outside and running around yeah. at the time. So I don't, I don't know if it was particular. To, I mean, later I for sure fell in love with it, but I don't think at the time, mm. you know, running around. Remember jumping. when kids used to be outside and run around? <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Don't be old man on his fucking stoop right now. Hey, no, I'm just saying, like, my now. my nephew does not like to move. This Minecraft is life. But, but when you were his age, were you? What were you? Yeah, were you we were out and about, like, swinging on trees, playing tag. Like, you know, like, we didn't have the internet. Yeah. We had to yeah. go outside. Yeah, I guess when N64 dropped, it was like, GG. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Was, was N64 the first one? Super, super Nintendo. Goldeneye? Super Nintendo. Goldeneye N64. That was, a, okay. that was a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Goldeneye paint, definitely. Paintball, paintball version. You can make it so yes. the bullet holes become paintballs. That's all I remember. I remember a sick my friend's first PlayStation game was a South Park game. And yeah. he used to throw uh, yellow snowballs at people. <laughs> all right. That's, yeah, I'm old. Now that we're, we went all the way to South Park from Tello's <laughs> earliest memory. So when, so you start playing a little bit you're running outside a lot when did you start watching the game that was honestly that was a lot later it probably wasn't until high school college that i started to watch a lot mm -hmm. um when i was growing up we didn't have cable or anything mm -hmm. so it was really hard to watch anything but the world cup i remember watching world cups um but i don't remember watching like club football at all right do you have a first world cup that you remember vividly 94 maybe yeah, no, I mean, I was, I, I was 10. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can't, I don't even know if I remember anything specific from, I, I like, I know there was a World Cup there. I think honestly, the first World Cup that's like really in my mind was uh, the Women's World Cup in 99. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. that was the first one that was like, that took over our life, yep. you mm -hmm. know, and we were all in on that. That's dope. Tell us about Botswana. Uh... I mean, it's a, you know, it's a tiny country. Nobody knows about it. Nobody know. I mean, most people you meet, they're like, where is that? And you go, oh, you know where South Africa is? Go straight north. It's right in between South Africa and da da da. Um, it's just you know, mellow place. It's not as um, as probably a different history than a lot of Africa does. So you don't have, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, we're not in the news like a lot of other mm -hmm. places in the world are. Right for, you know. 
the way Africa is covered is always the, the bad stuff gets covered and there's not a lot bad that you know has happened in this tiny little country of a couple million people um, but it's really quiet it's you know it's like the size of Texas you go out there it's just like space and space and space it's really dry people are super nice um, they love soccer out there I do I do remember going to uh, uh, my first soccer match ever out there and it was a like a local club team and I remember people like storming the fences and climbing over the the gates to get in because they heard like they thought they heard a whistle the game hadn't started but they thought the game had started and people were losing their minds and I must have been eight or something like that and I remember oh, yeah. freaking out like watching these it was like it was like a zombie movie just people like <laughs> so, climbing the, up yeah like the passion was there for sure you know yeah so, so what's what's the national interest like? Who who is the team when when it's a bigger tournament to to support and follow? Is it like any African nation that's currently competing? Like how does that work? For me, yeah, yeah. Or even when you're growing up as a child, yeah. I mean, my my loyalties of I'm a I'm a I'm a big U.S. national team guy, but uh, my loyalties are always have always kind of been like ride for whatever African team is there, mm. right? So like the 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 Ghana USA Ghana, matches were like, always like. <laughs> Yeah, man. Right, a, a difficult, difficult experience for me. Um, you know, like those those Cameroon Senegal teams are a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, South, if, if there's a team that I, the one African team that I maybe I try and follow is, is South Africa, and they've it's been a struggle bus for a while. Right. Since like the Stephen Pinar era. Yeah. Um, Everton legend. Everton legend. Yeah. Bafana, Bafana. That's right. Dude, we, man, South Africa 2010 World Cup, that first goal. Yeah. Because they scored first, didn't they? Yeah. Against Mexico. Yeah. Mexico ended up winning 2 1. Yeah. Right. My sister was there. It's one of the eternal regrets of my life that I was, uh, I was in law school at the time and I was, I'm just going to be practical and not. <laughs> Damn. Dumbest, like. <laughs> Damn. Don't be practical. You know what I mean? Like, don't. We're getting the lesson and life advice early. Don't yeah. be practical ever, especially when it comes to World Cups. Yeah, absolutely. So, you when did you come to the U.S. Then How I was born you? here. You were born here. Yeah. So my my uh, my dad is a he, my dad's from Idaho. Okay. Uh, you know, like good old fashioned Midwest white guy, mm -hmm. and he joined the Peace Corps uh, and was teaching at a high school. My mom is from Botswana, uh -huh. uh, and so they met taught at the same high school and found love and um, lived there for a while, and then came back here, uh, and I was born in L.A. Okay. So we lived here for a while, and then we went and lived there for a while, and then we came back. Ah, and do you still, well, obviously pre-COVID, would you still go back and visit occasionally? Yeah, we. it's harder now. You know, you get older and, like, family and da-da-da. It gets, it gets tougher. But um, growing up, we, we tried to go, you know, every, every year if we could, every other year. Um, it's, it's obviously crazy expensive, so it's tough. But my parents, it's, you know, super important to them that me and my sister get as much kind of time there as we could so they'd sometimes they'd just send us and just throw us on a plane and we'd be there for like two months in the summer and they'd come for like the last week week and a half and they could get off of work um and then got to high school and it gets a little tougher to to, vi to visit as much so it's probably every few years and then college you know you kind of taper off yeah um last time i was there was the year before covid how long ago that is now? Twenty three years. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. My sister got my sister got married out there, or she got she lives in London. She got married. She had a wedding there and a wedding in London. So nice. we went out for that. 
And yeah. your and your pops had no football pre. He was not growing up in Idaho a footballing. No, no, sir. Man, they, yeah. they, you think he wrestled? Uh, yeah. And uh, they were all Boy Scouts. He's they're all, like him, him, all my, him, and all my uncles are. They're very like, you know, they can like chop down trees and they work in the Forest Service and yeah. they like yeah. ski patrol and like they're very. It's where, where, in very Idaho, handy. where in Idaho is he? Did he grow up? Uh, Twin Falls. Okay, I kind of know some of the ski areas, but I don't know. Falls. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it's close to um, what's the the really high end famous resort? It's it's like an oh. hour from that, but it's just a regular small town. Sun Valley. Sun Valley. Yeah, it's yeah. like an hour from Sun Valley. Yeah. That must have been crazy to transition from Idaho to Botswana. Yeah, that for sure. My dad was he was he was an adventurer for sure. He actually he didn't the, that wasn't the first place he went. He he went to Ghana for so you get you go on two year tours in the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. um, and you can extend your tour if you're really into it, mm-hmm. uh, and then they send you somewhere else. So he went to Ghana for two years and then just loved it, and then went to Botswana for a year, uh, and loved it even more, and so then just like stuck there, uh, and then he met my mom after he decided to just hang out for a while and just be. Wow. So he was he was a for sure uh, a world traveler. You know, you grew up in small town Idaho, you go see the yeah. world. <laughs> I, I, I recognize myself a, li- a little bit in this story, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But you grew up here. You but I grew up, so I grew up in LA. I was yeah. born in I lived in uh Hawthorne and Torrance growing up. So not quite LA the, but the birthplace of AYSO. That's right. Wow. That's right. Shout out to Todd Saldana. Our academy. That was a beautiful director. full circle transition right mm-hmm. there, Dweez. I didn't have to do it. It was there for the making. <laughs> oh my bro. god! I so love were you this. playing AYSO in Torrance? Did you start? I did playing? play AYSO in Torrance. Wow. I, I, I started playing before that, but when we moved to Torrance, I played too. Wow! And and for those who don't know, Tetlo and this is your first time meeting him. You know, he's a running maniac. This guy ran in college. That's how it was kind of how we met. You know, started getting to know each other better. When did the running start taking over over the football? Um, well, so funny, I stopped playing soccer in middle school because uh, I played, I was playing AAU basketball at the same time, and uh, I was a much better soccer player and I enjoyed it a lot more. But all my friends played basketball, yeah, uh, and so my parents couldn't afford to do both. And you know, I, was get, I was getting close to high school, anyways, and they were the same season, so I said, I, I switched and said, I'm just gonna play basketball. So I played basketball. Uh, my f- when I got to high school, I played basketball and um, did track because I didn't want to do postseason basketball because <laughs> that's just too much basketball. It's just conditioning. Okay. Like you know, you don't <laughs> you, you they just run stairs after after school for an hour. Wow. Or at least that's what we did. I don't know. That's I don't know. Trick all the basketball question. kids to join track. Yeah, that's a better conditioning right there. <laughs> well, so I joined track. My buddy was doing it, and he was like, "You don't have to run." I didn't want to run. Uh-huh. So he said, you can just be <laughs> a... Uh, I didn't want to run. <laughs> I didn't want to run. And so he, he's like, well, just be a high jumper and a long jumper. So uh, I did that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I literally just would high jump. And I didn't do it. I was not uh, a focused or dedicated athlete. I was just like there to be there. Uh, and I, I got in trouble one day. And so my coach said, all right, I forgot what I did, but I did something stupid. Uh, and he's like, you're running the 800 at the next meet. Um, and it went well, and and wait, I, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Punishment. Yeah, this is punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, you're trying to be a jumper. This guy's like, no, now you're gonna compete. Yeah, <laughs> entirely different. So I, I will say that this was uh, 
I had a great high school track coach mm. and he, he, the punishment was something that he thought I was going to be good at. And he was trying to get me into an event that I was going to be better at. He coached Carter, you bro. He, he sure did, man. Damn. I know. Uh, wow. And I was good at it. And then it just went, it went from there. And then I got, he, that's this same coach after like three months of me running, I, I got through that track season and he convinced me to do cross country, went to the basketball coach and was like, and at that point, at this point I had, I didn't know this and I didn't, I didn't know how good I could be and I didn't know he was doing this, but he went to the basketball coach and said, uh, this kid could run in college. You should kick him off the basketball team, which the, the coach then did. Wow. <laughs> it was wow. Really upsetting. Uh, I, I will say at the time I was like, I was like five, three or five, four. Yeah. And I, I was oh, probably really? like 105 pounds soaking wet. So. <laughs> This not this. <laughs> Wait, so that's not who was sitting in front of us today. Like, when did the growth spurt happen, man? You're like what like, six one? Yeah, almost almost immediately after I got kicked off the basketball team. Basically. <laughs> Damn, I mean, your track in, coach gave you some drugs. Yeah, man. man. In fairness, he was right. Right, there's there's nothing I'm gonna be as good at as I was at running. So mm. it worked out, and I, I'm lucky to have had a coach who was. Wait, but hold on. That's like, let's rewind this back real quick. That so I just want to walk. I want to walk the listeners through was. one more time. The man didn't want to run in the conditioning for basketball, <laughs> so he joins track. Yeah, he gets convinced. So that first eight hundred though that you did well on, like that's freeze frame on the moment when like young Tetlow is about to take the starting line. Like you, you're kind of not into it, but you do you feel like competitive? Is that why you ended yeah. up doing well? Was so just that's the- that's part. I'm really competitive. Okay. So like once you, once you got me in the race, like. You're like, fine, fine. Yeah. Like, almost like as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a punishment race. Oh, yeah. punishment? Buddy? I'm going to win that. <laughs> like, to prove you wrong. Yeah. It all backfired dramatically. Yeah, so. Ugh, um, that's funny. Yeah, but then that was it. I was off and running after that. Damn. So, it took me a while to, to actually enjoy running, though. Or kind of, I, like, I see people like you who just kind of come to it organically and just love getting out and running and grinding and i don't understand that at all but i i did i mean no i think does. i think my <laughs> without turning this into the running journey pod uh like i did i was kicking and screaming for me i only joined cross country in school because there was a lot of beautiful girls on the team and i had a friend who was on it yeah and you got to travel and like i told myself i'd be better conditioned for soccer that was it like i it was like yeah. i couldn't be bothered with running i knew i was fast like at sprints but especially not distance i was like distance yeah like suffering like it was like I, i'm like i will run a hundred meter dash like 10 times don't send me on like the mile or whatever so i hated i hated it i hated it even after i ran my first marathon i was like i still don't like this i actively <laughs> told my my cousin that i run with adam I'm like i don't i don't like this i don't want to do it but i like being outside and i like being in the in the trails and then eventually i think only in the last like two years three years i, I accept the fact that yes i enjoy myself <laughs> like this is fun uh, it took me to be a 30 year old before i actually enjoyed it yeah interesting so i'm looking at josh and spice or josh and spice i'm looking at slim and spice and just saying guys you might fall in love with running after all you're looking at two guys who didn't want anything to do with running no, I'm I'm pretty certain. I, I hate running. <laughs> you're you're like one of the most certain people about what you like and don't like in general. Yeah, though. yeah. How so, do you how how? Yeah, how does that how does that? No, work? I mean it'll change sometimes. You know what I mean? Like like, give me an example. Like I'm very open minded still. Like right. I'll tell you exactly what I don't like and I like. But if like you make me experience it and it like sways me, I won't like fight it. it you won't deny. Yeah, it. Okay. you're not stubborn. Um, I 
No, I'm still kind of stubborn. <laughs> like, you're still going to have to get me to go and, like, experience it. You know what I mean? I'm ne- like neither that. of you ever been, like, talked into a 5K or, like, raising money for one of your buddies or... Yeah, a walkathon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember Relay for Life in college and, like, you just got to sleep inside a tent and inside, inside a dome. Like, I would just be like, like, can I just give more money? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that an option? <laughs> what, 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 what can I do this to get around this? thing right now? Yeah. Like, how is me walking really going to help it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Tetlo, you end up, obviously, your coach was right. You end up running in college. Still run a lot. You and I, we ran with the, shout out the Black and Gold Running Club. We ran ran with those guys. I've run with them once. I love you guys, but boo running. <laughs> shout out to the anti-LAFC Running Club. What, who made those stickers? Wasn't it Germs who made those stickers? Yeah, probably Germs. Shout out to Germs. We're going to get you on the pod, Germs. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah half of bone storm the second half i know but how was that experience like being an athlete in college and something a lot of people dream of i think it's the best thing in the world man Yo, yeah yeah that's what i wanted to hear just the fucking swing that yeah, dick that yeah. college dick around. Nice. Let's go. <laughs> no, i'll be honest man like the track girls are like they're kind of wild and that's what i like my track home girls i'm like they'll tell me stories and i'm like oh what kind of stories? They were just doing some wild shit during these track meets when they had to travel and stuff, bro. Yeah. His, I, will, I will say this, and I say this to any high school age athlete. There is no more fun sport to be in than track or cross country, except for the actual training part. But unlike, like if you play basketball or soccer or whatever, you get on a bus, you go, you compete in whatever your sport is, and you go home. It's usually not co-ed, right? And it's 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 just like in and out. Yeah. Track. And posting up on someone is really just backing it up on a dude. Just That's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, actually, it took me a long time before I understood yeah. what you were saying, but go on. But so cross country and track, these, these are all day meets and it's yeah. co-ed. So you just get on a bus, you drive two hours on a bus with a bunch of other, your friends and yeah. a bunch of girls and dudes and you sit at a stadium for three hours and then your event comes, you warm up, compete. It Get takes like 45 minutes going. or an hour and you're done. There's still like three more hours of track meet left. So you're just sitting under a tent, shooting the shit with your best friends and just chirping it up. Yeah. yeah it's and like, you're, and, you're, and you're also, you got the other teams there too. Right? Other teams other there. Teams, yeah. You get to know people from different parts. Of, yeah, man. Yeah. Big invitationals. There's thousands and thousands of other student athletes. It's great. That's awesome. Was that, was that kind of like, just the pinnacle of pleasure for for the track experience is like yo know, the at the meets like it's a big everyone you get to meet everyone you get to meet new new people like what's what was the best part that you said about being the athlete on campus um well so the the funny part is is uh <laughs> we got we got kobe and hoji they're having their usual beefs Turn back here so if, if people uh listen in on the madness but so the the funny part is is that by the time I got to college and even towards the end of high school, because I'm very competitive and was very good, is that I didn't have like fun at all at these meets because uh, wow. I was really serious, uh, way more in retrospect, way more serious than I needed to be. Um, the, the World Cup thing all over. Yeah, again. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I would go and I, would, I just have my headphones on and I'd be kind of be in my in my head and uh, you're doing the Kobe pregame thing in yeah, the zone and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I had, I still loved it, right? Because I was, you know, I was very good, and I love winning, and I love being um, yeah. good at this thing that I could work really hard at. And you get, it's like immediate feedback, 
right? right. Like, like you train your ass off and you set your personal record. Yeah, exactly. Thing and yeah. Other than fighting, it's like the most primal way to compete. Yeah. Right? Like who can be fast? It's super mono a mono. And, yeah. Uh, and like you, you know, you put out, you get out what you put in. Uh, so it's super gratifying. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember, I remember going to meets and being just like, I was just in this zone. Right. And I was just, Put my headphones on and I nap for two hours and then get up and warm out, warm up. And then, uh, if I re- if I ran well, then I have a lot of fun. If I ran bad, I was really really hard on myself, yeah. harder than I should have been on myself. Um, but you know, it all it all. I had I had a wonderful college career and I was able to run after, so it was it was for sure worth it. Damn, I'm feeling kind of bashful, dude. This is like like high school Josh coming back. I'm sitting next to a winner, <laughs> an athlete, a varsity man. We usually just have losers and drunks on the pod. Like, this is great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you talking about, are you, oh, wait, you're talking about us three, not the actual yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. usually have heroes. Was, and some of our guests. You know, because Slim and I always take a, a great deal of pride of being, we're, we're great watchers of the game. We're great drinkers and cheerers of the game. But like, y'all, like you guys, y'all, you play, you run, you win. Like, that's such a fun part of it that's like, outside of like my professional teams who I want to win, like relentlessly, I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, it's like a good teaching element. But like the, hearing you be like the competitive nature of being like, if I win, I'm feeling great. If I lose, I'm feeling like shit and I will like let people know it. Like that's such an interesting athlete mentality, like to 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 kind of pump into. And you're so Tello, you're in Santa Barbara the whole the whole running career, right? For college. What was like Oh, yeah. he went to UCSB. Yeah, and so oh, UCSB. this guy, he <laughs> would kept his fucking stories PG as shit right now. <laughs> no, but fuck that. No, but this man We'll talk off off off, there. off pod. But he, this man is going to UCSB, like one of the biggest party schools in the country, um, and he's trying to be as serious as possible about running. Like, how, how, what was what, what was that tension like? Like, how hard was it to say no to wonderful nights out on the town while you were? That gratification of getting faster was was. And for I, someone like Spice, who's not from here, you have to explain what Halloween's at UCSB are. Talk to me. <laughs> The first, my first, my freshman year of Halloween. So I, I show up to Santa Barbara and I'm hurt, right? I, I got injured that summer. So I, uh, I show up and for the first like three months, I can't run. So I, I go out over Halloween and uh, honestly, it was one of the, there was a moment where I wasn't sure I was going to like survive because <laughs> you're, and not, not in, not in the. You mean in life. Yeah, no, in this, I'm in this moment. Out of here. So there's a street. Like, I'm going to get Playa. someone pregnant. What the <laughs> no, fuck? It wasn't even like that. There's, there's, a street, there's a street called Del Playa where everybody goes, right? Mm. DP. DP. Um, and I remember walking to the street and you, you know, it's like me and two of my buddies. And we walk down there and the first like 15 minutes is like your eyes are wide open, right? And it's like, you know, there's so many people. And it's everybody's dressed up, and of course, every girl is is like the sexy version of anything. Any, yeah. yeah, whatever the thing is, right? And then we start we start walking down DP, and it's getting like more and more crowded, and uh, our phones aren't working because there's too many. I don't think this happens anymore. Mm-hmm. But in uh, 2002, our phones just stopped working because <laughs> there was like too many people, like That's too many sick. cell phones in this area, and we're walking down DP, and it's getting like tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and it gets to this point where like you're just in this crowd that just moves Uh and moves you and like i got separated from my friends didn't see him for like the rest of the night and 
like literally like 30 minutes we were like i was like couldn't breathe i was getting smashed in this crowd and then i just got spat out like two walk two blocks farther <laughs> and at no point in the whole process had i made like a decision about i'm going this way uh. i was just like trying to stay on my feet and i was like this is crazy this is like the most insane thing in my life and the rest have of the like night. cups in hand, like drinking as you're doing it. Like, what's what's the vibe like? Is like carnival on the streets? What's so you on? can't you can't drink on the street. Uh-huh. Um, and so Halloween is is Halloween is actually maybe one of the least fun weekends because there's so many people and there's so many cops. That's and they true. put they bring there's these floodlights out there, and there's a like a eleven o'clock or twelve midnight curfew for music, and they're mm. just they're so on it because yeah. some Josh, really Josh, bad stuff has happened. You you got to know that like if you're between the ages of like 17 and 21 in Southern California, like everyone knows about UC Santa Barbara at Halloween. Yeah. Like that's what we think of when we think of Halloween. So that's, so people go like from all over just yeah. to be there. For Cause that people night. have houses on the beach that they're a college students just, have houses on the beach that they're just like raging on. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it starts to become a thing and only becomes more of a thing because people hear that it's a thing. Yeah. So it just more and more, it's a magnet, magnet. Yeah, you situation. get, you get a ton of people like you didn't need a place to stay. Cause you were just like, I, I have friends who come up who they were just like, I'm just going up and I'll just get there Friday night uh-huh. and I was, I'm going to stay awake. So like, and then like you know saturday morning like we got clothes in the car we're gonna go to denny's and then we're gonna hang out at the beach and then saturday night we're gonna do the same thing and then sunday like yeah dude i think there there are people like me who as he's explaining this (laughs) i'm replaying my own memories of going up there and having these experiences and it's both wonderful and very traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do we look at out of towners like Dweez over here <laughs> trying to take over the campus from the great UCSB Dweez students? Probably here. looked like he belonged there. <laughs> it it actually got really you get you start to hate hate Halloween after a couple of years uh, because like literally you can't park you can't move your car because there's so many people coming to town. Yeah. If if you if you move your car and somebody takes your spot. You're not parking. And so it's all in Isla Vista, which is like this mile, mile and a half square area of, of like, it's a slum, right? It's like really shitty housing. And uh, like, if you move the car, it's going to get taken. And that person knows not to move their car. So you don't drive. You can't yeah. like, you can't do anything <laughs> that weekend. So after you your first couple of party, years, yeah. you're like, you're like, this is really annoying. And if you go to school there, um, every other weekend is like, amazing anyways yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not it's, you're not like oh this is my weekend you're like damn last I'll weekend we were weekend just, off yeah, yeah, yeah right last weekend we were just having fun barbecuing and we had this great party and did it and it was a lot of fun and now it's a pain in the ass to do any of this stuff because i can't drive to get a keg yeah right or i can't go to costco and get my muffins or what it's, it was can't even get the Costco muffins. <laughs> I was like, wait, of all the things from Costco, you I love the that. muffins. Oh, you know what's so funny? Don't, don't, come like, on, no, man. No, no, it's the barbecue, the Costco muffins, the keg. This is what a fucking actually, life. The Costco dude. muffins yeah. are fire. You're right. I know. It was actually what? really specific Everything and perfect. Kirkland is kind of fire. The double chocolate chip? Oh, fuck with me, bro. Come on. Look, we had, this was a house full of guys running track and cross country. We'd go to Costco and we'd buy, like, you know, they come in things of 12. We'd have, we'd buy three or four of them and just stack them up. We're talking about pallets. And he they, would shop by the pallets. They would, they would be gone in like in a week, right? Disgusting. Just, people would just kill <laughs> like those college things, College appetites were wild though, right? Like That's everyone true. was kind yeah. of eating crazy And these then. are college appetites of yeah, guys running 100 miles a week. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you need 5,000 calories a day at that point, so. Them poppy seed. Them poppy seed shit. Nobody uh, touched the poppy seed because everybody, I don't know if this, I, I, I'm sure it's a myth, but allegedly poppy seed will... 
yeah, yeah, test, come out in your drug test. test. Yeah, yeah. That so, Seinfeld episode fucked everyone up. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it no, on a Seinfeld episode? Yeah, she, it, like, kept on testing positive for opium because of the poppy <laughs> seeds <laughs> in her mouth. We need to have a FCFC Mythbusters on that to find out if it's true. We got to do the FCFC beard throw-in first, I think, before any myth, myths are busted. Beer what? Beer, beer shower tutorial. Oh, yeah, we got it. Oh, yeah. That was like the first idea we ever had. That was three years ago. <laughs> we don't follow through on things, um, but we will follow through on the second part of this podcast. Let's take our first break. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pee time. We're back here, FCFC Pod, segment two with Tetlo of the crew. Uh, we were just in Santa Barbara, and we also heard stories of growing up in LA and in Botswana as well, summers in Botswana. But um, tell us how you heard about LAFC first and what drew you to the club, man. Oh, God. I don't know how I heard about it. Um, I mean, I, I follow MLS before LAFC mm. uh, and I just you know I in general love so like I follow a lot of soccer as a general rule the man is rocking an Angel City FC sweatshirt this evening oh yeah very excited um so I, I think I, I'm sure I just knew kind of like from following the league and I had a couple friends that we were really excited about getting tickets um and I traveled I traveled in Europe a bunch when I was running so I got to go to a lot of games out there and be around, you know, someone like that, that supporter culture and not, not even just a supporter culture, but just the atmosphere in, in big European stadiums. What games are we talking about? Um, I've been, uh, I've been to, uh, I watched Inter Roma, I've been to games in Barcelona, games in London, um, bunch of other games in Spain, games in like Finland and, um, Belgium kind of bounced all over when I when I was running uh, I ran after college and so I'd go out to Europe and race and so we'd have basically all summer you're just bopping around going to uh, races and then you stay longer and go watch some soccer what's the what's the post-college circuit look like man is it like so semi-pro pro like as, as you go out there and race like what's what's going on and what uh, what are you racing in stadiums like what what's that feel like yeah so for me there's there's kind of um I was a I was a very good runner, right? Like I went to um, Olympic trials a couple times, and I go to U.S. championships every year. But I wasn't uh, like I wasn't top five, top five, ten, fifteen in the world. So those those athletes go to there's like a Diamond League meets, right? Which you know a lot of money, da da da. And that's I think that's what most people think of as like a professional runner, and they make mm. a ton of money and da da da. And then below that, there's like the level of athlete that I was, and most track athletes are, where like you get paid to go travel and race, but the money that you make is like, I think my best year I might've made 10 or 15 grand. So it's, it's not a glamorous uh, professional athlete lifestyle, but you get to travel a lot and you yeah. get your travel expenses covered a lot. But is it, so is it like prize racing where it's like you're you, the, the money you accumulate from placing in top three would, would be yeah, like so. exponentially more than like when you, if you've managed finished middle of the pack? You get, so there's a range. Um, you get appearance fees if you're good enough or, or and you have a Whoa, good agent. Yeah. And so you get money for just showing up and they usually cover your travel. And if you're good about your travel, you can um, 
you know, there's, there's a, a number on the travel. You just, it depends on the meet. Someone will just, we're paying for your plane ticket and your hotel. Someone would just say, here's a few thousand dollars. And so if you're frugal, like I was, cause I was, you know, broke, you can get a lot of money off that. And then the, the best way is you win, you win money for running fast and for winning races. Um, and other things, you know, a lot of the races you go to, you win like bottles of beer and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. So. Are you, were you aware of any of this kind of like... No, I, were, I didn't know we were sitting in the backyard with a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Surprise, so motherfuckers. It's, it's, it's hard to call that a professional. I mean, you make money, but... I mean, you, you make money as a professional athlete. Yeah, you make money to, to play a sport. That's a professional athlete. Yeah. You're, you're struggling. Yeah. Did you do any, um, like in the show Atlanta, when uh, Mike Vick is outside the strip club and he's racing people for money for cash? Do you know anything kind of shy to like that? Where it's like, here's a 40 yard back alley races. There's use for fast guys all around the world, man, in all the back alleys in the world. Oh, man. And anything fun like that come up? I can't, I'm not off the top of my head. I don't think anybody ever challenged me. Wow. Yeah, if, 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 you know. If you want to set something up, <laughs> yeah, I'm Yo, like, can we go into what, what, what business start? together? <laughs> Josh starts like an underground like yeah. alley race. You know, there's puddles. There's you know, there's shit you just gotta avoid. But first one across the line, <laughs> five hundred bucks. It's, it's five hundred bucks on the line, right? All right, so all right, like coming up as you're a professional athlete, you know how comedians, if people tell them like I'm a comedian. Like, they're like, all right, like, do something funny. <laughs> right. Tell me a like, have you ever come across someone where you're like, yeah, I, I do, I, I run, I, I do they're track. Like, and they're like, let me see how fast you are. <laughs> like, let's go you to get, the parking lot. I mean. Meet me outside. So, so <laughs> my boys still do that all the time. And it's like, <laughs> there's been a lot of drunk races. Yeah. Uh, in which I, still I, I remain undefeated, just wow. to be clear. But that happens, that happens. Regular. All the time, like regular random people. Now and then, you know, I was a middle distance runner, so I'm not like, I'm not Usain Bolt, right? Like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I take a while to get up to speed. Gotcha, gotcha. Yo, for our listeners in the north, then listen up. Next time you see Ted Lowe just, just camping <laughs> out, challenge him to a race. This, Yo, man is, this man is here, you know, this yeah. man is waiting. We'll talk to Stadium Benny, we'll clear out some, we'll clear out some space. No, we're just going to clear out the middle of the tailgate area, bro. We're just going to run. Down we'll the get, lane? Yes. Down the lane? Let's spray Palm paint key. the white lines Look. and we'll run it. Taylor's going to race Andy's bike on his own bike. And we're going to get the biggest dude in the North End to like take off his shirt and use his t-shirt as the flag. Fucking fire. Fire. All, fire. All I'm going to say is, I don't do shit for free, so unless oh, there's something on the line. Sorry, at the finish line, there's a beer. All right, now now we're cooking. Yeah, my client doesn't race for free actually. So take it up. Oh, you're the agent now. I am. I feel like you 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 have some agenty qualities. Nah, too, nah I'm not. I'm not a shark, but I'm I'm a, I'm a man. Yeah. No, but that's how you catch people by surprise. Is you're so nice. No, you just, he won't he won't ask for the sale. He'll just be like. So, like, are we give us dude? money? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a question. Like, are you, like, you going to pay us? Money? <laughs> like, it's already in coats right here. Uh, so you're doing, okay, so you said, that was such a wild aside. I love that. So you're, you're racing in Europe. You get to see the great stadiums, the yeah. great arenas. Yeah, yeah do so, any of those stick out? Yeah. Any of those, like, are, was there a moment when you're at any of these game stadiums where you're just like, damn, this shit is, like, way doper than running. I should quit forever. Soccer <laughs> games professionally. Um, the San Siro was really cool. And I remember, I remember, like. You said Inter-Roma you saw, right? Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, that was really good. And I, remember, I just remember, like, and the stadium was maybe half full. Mm. 
mm. and it was so loud. Really? Like you, you're just, and I don't know if it's the acoustics of the stadium. And there, you know, everybody sings, right? Everybody knows the songs. So it was, and flares are going, and it, it was, it was like, you know, hairs on the back of your neck. That was really cool. Um, I've been to a couple Arsenal games. Did you uh, go to Highbury? I never went to Highbury. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, one of the places, one of the one of the uh, regrets that I didn't get out there early enough to go to that. But Dweez talks about going to the Emirates and it's like everything he dreamed of, but also like it was kind of disappointing to hear. Well, I think he's been there more times than I have. Ah. So I bet he's had different experiences. So I've only been to the Emirates once. And I, like I told Josh, I, I want to go to like an Arsenal away game just because some, some parts about the Emirates made me feel it's a little bit like uh, sterile. The atmosphere. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I had I had the last the last game I went to, um, and this was this was in the middle of when things were really bad. I remember being disappointed with like not just not just that the stadium was sterile, but that the fans were so negative. I was like, yeah, man, I agree. You guys paid money to be here. No, like, this is so, same exact experience. I Thierry Henry scored a free kick against Newcastle United. I lost my mind, you know, because I had to scalp it. I was a student at the time. I scalped the ticket outside for like a hundred and whatever pounds which is way more than i could afford and i'm like hugging try to hug this guy he like wanted to fucking sock me like, what the <laughs> hell's wrong with you like we just scored a goal yeah and these men aren't even fucking celebrating like yeah ended up being a one-one draw it wasn't like the worst day of our lives but yeah people were just like yeah. it was it was not a great atmosphere in terms of like jubilant passionate celebratory yeah, you know. yeah, and my my family they're all big Arsenal fans, and my wife married an Arsenal fan. And they'll talk about when when it's rocking, it's rocking, right? But yeah. um, things are getting better now, I think. But there was some, some dark days. Did you ever go to an away uh, Arsenal away? I went to Arsenal preseason away game in um, Valencia, Ooh. which is a lot of fun. Very chill. Yeah, that sounds you, dope. Those those the bank is amazing. There's something about those like. You go into a stadium and it's just like a crumbling cement block. I agree. Yeah. There's like the older, yeah, yeah, the historic stadiums. Yeah, you you feel you really feel it when you're in there. Wow, I want to go to the San Siro now. Yeah, I've never gone to a game in Italy. FCFC Italia, baby. So yeah, what's um like you've seen the great European stadiums here here and there? Like what's uh like go back to the the LAFC portion of it, like you love soccer and so that's why you're 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 a part of this you're, you you yeah. found out about it like through which any means like how did you you know call it, did you call a ticket rep and be like i want to be a part of this like how did you get involved i think that's probably it i don't even i honestly i don't remember how how they were selling this the tickets i remember i just i called how did you know to go to the north end like did you know like i, I knew to i wanted to be in the supporter section yeah, yeah I, remember, I don't remember why but i remembered um you know like Knowing about other clubs and be, I, I I'd been to stadiums and seen what supportive sections were like. And I was like, that's what I want to be. That's dope. That's like, was I wanted, there a feeling that you wanted that for being from Los Angeles that you wanted to do that on your home turf? Yeah, for sure. Like you, you, you. I really felt the, um, like the, you know, this is like, this is gonna be my team. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, and you know, and I, I had, I had, I, I went to, you know, games at, in Carson semi-regularly before and like had not great experiences not necessarily with the club but just with like, we had issues with the cops down there all kinds of, and i was like i'm just not going down there anymore like yeah. uh 
and then and then you know LAFC came around and it was like this is like it right and it's right here um you know it's hard to like it's hard to not I think they did everything right building in the process building it was really hard to not get excited about it yeah so was that was that the most exciting part of it was that how close it was to to where you were living like what what else do you remember being like I don't like man I can't believe they're like nailing this like I want to be a part of it yeah I mean so I was living downtown at the time uh, and the the idea of like riding my bike down to get, and watch like live professional soccer was like the cool like it's, you know I just, I really love watching soccer you put me anywhere yeah I, I remember I going back to traveling I remember going to like you know second third division games in like stadiums with just like a couple hundred people and just like this is so cool right just I just I, I really enjoy just the process of like being outside in the sun watching people play soccer so the like having it right here uh and you know like literally down the street from where i was living yeah was re- super exciting to me that was what got me heck yeah and then we were talking a little before um during dinner about just how you ended up joining the crew but it was it was a it was a mix of things it was it was uh meeting sheldon at yeah. uh, was it a, a brewery or where, where did yeah you yeah um in the arts district i think it's closed now but the, was ladies... it the same one that you and i first met at that and they had a watch party yeah yeah what yeah, was yeah, that yeah. called what was that called it was um, called boomtown no. no the wooden one the crazy wooden one Man. I think so. The one you threw up outside of. Yeah. <laughs> right after the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm going to remember the name of it. Iron, um, I want to say Ironworks or something like that. Iron I Triangle. Iron yeah. Triangle. It was Iron yeah. Triangle, yeah. Iron Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. It's a so, beautiful space inside. Man. I know. In so it's a bummer door. that place closed. I know. It was an awesome space. Yeah, it was just kind of off to the side a little bit. Yeah. so harder to, like, for people yeah. to get to. So you cruised down to Iron Triangle for a watch party. Yeah, I was I, I was looking for a place to watch the game at the time. I pr- probably wasn't on TV or on not on TV. I had at the right. time, and um, and we uh, you know we had been bopping around to various watch parties. Uh, you know, I had a, a, my buddy who I sit in the North End with. We would just go to stuff, and uh, we bopped down there. And I met you know shouts out to Sheldon. He's you know one, one of my best friends now, a really great guy, and we just vibed, and that was it. You know. I started hanging out with him, and then he introduced me to other folks in the crew, and here we are. It's the one supporter group which name kind of rolls off the tongue in the middle of a sentence, and it sounds it could be the crew or the crew. You know what I'm saying? He's introduced me to the rest of the crew, but it's the crew with a K. <laughs> Spice is looking at me like a minute. You're better, I than, am you're better than that. What is that? What's going on? I'm Come not on. as good as you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're better than so I've ever imagined. Definitely not don't fucking, yeah, don't yeah, fucking yeah, dog don't yourself like that. Don't hold me to like these that. high standards. Like, yeah, man. So what's I'm it been not, like? So like you've seen the ultras in Italy. You've seen the the great support in, in Spain and in and in London. Like, what's it like being a part of a supported group and part of the crew? Like we, um, yeah, the crew, the crew in TSG shared a lot of first first days together. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of. Not uh, neither of us had a club affiliation before. Like, what's it like being from here and now being part of a supporter group that's so attached to Los Angeles and this club? It's great, man. It's like my my favorite thing. I think is like it's so many positive. I've met so many really positive people, you know. And um, I don't I don't know if there's like an a there's a you know it's symbiotic whatever right. But being being around people who are like, I'm gonna go to the stadium and I'm gonna sing and be excited and happy and have a good time, no matter what's happened on the field. Like I, I feel like my job is to make this, you know, as great and as wonderful as possible, and I'm getting my emotions out and everything else. 
uh, it's really cool, right? And you, you meet people, be around people like that, and it feels like a real community, and it's hard to not fall in love with it. Um, kind of, re- I think regardless of where your your kind of previous, whatever your previous soccer experience might be, yeah. um, you know, but especially if you've if you've been around or been places where you're and you you've seen like people gravitate towards stuff like that, you know. That's awesome. And Dweez, what, Dweez, you covered every support group for your past employer when LFC was launching. Like, what what were some of the things that you wrote about the crew when they're coming up? I don't think I did a full profile on the crew that first year gotcha um i think the plan originally was that second year i was going to do all the rest of the groups and at that time there was like new groups forming and it right. became it became a a question of like where because i even had done the profiles on like college groups which right, then right, like right. disappeared rather quickly wings so, of troy wings r.i.p <laughs> we loved you wings of troy i hope you survive in the hearts and minds of those involved and um i get very obsessive about things that i'm interested in and i think i like probably got in a little bit over my head about like oh i'm gonna write ten thousand words (laughs) a historical record of each of these groups and yeah my uh my sincere apologies to, to hank and tetlow the rest of the members of the crew Shouts because out I to never, Hank. Yeah, because I never actually, I never actually did a, a, a lengthy profile, and I think Hank and I talked about sitting down and doing interviews. Um, that's it was the beginning of that second season, I think, uh, and it just yeah, life got busier. The the NBC show thing started, and then yeah, it's on me. I dropped the ball. I was the one. I was the one pitching things to so no spice. <laughs> Actually, thank you for bringing up this. No, no, no. Jeez, good. no, it's good that I got to clear that clear the air though, because there was other groups too. I mean, there's... edit point, edit point. We will not no, be no. including that. that no, 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 no. Let's keep it in. Let's keep it in. No, it's like uh, there's, and now we see more groups, and there's, they probably all have really interesting stories. Another, you know, group I'm, I never had a chance to is like the Inland Inland Empire Empire yeah, Boys, yeah, like yeah. those groups, um, which came a little bit after. Uh, some of the original original groups but um i think if anything it should be a testament to just like how varied and dope and mm, like fluid supporter culture has been from the beginning and how like groups have swollen and gotten bigger some have folded and disappeared and i think that like to an extent a healthy north end kind of depends on that like if if things get too static and too rigid and it was only these three groups and you got to join one of the three you might lose some of that um some of that creativity and i know it's, it's stuff we talked about i think early on in the pod about like the dangers of like oh do i join a pre-existing group or start a, start your own group type vibe and that was a big thing early on but um i think you need a little bit of both at, at some point you need contraction and expansion for it to feel alive and dynamic and for the north end to like have uh, an eye for the future always as well as like an homage to tradition and what's been the past that have been laid so no, maybe I- this is just my long-winded excuse for myself <laughs> why do you hate us man <laughs> <laughs> we're addressing that on the pod right now hank knows i love the hank, hate the hank knows i love the crew <laughs> no it's a, it's a good point man i think so many even after atlanta and shout out to to doug and shout out to jake payne um, of Chicago, who we've had on the pa- uh, the pod before, but we had so many different collections of 
people just showing up from different supporter groups and what they said is like there are usually only two or three groups like you can join like you like you said out of a supporter union but the fact of the matter is that we still have close to 10 support uh, supporter groups um, officially recognized at all times so people can find their kind of niche and not feel like they have to either compromise an entire neighborhood logistically of like traveling to a supporter group like center for watch of it, parties or for a watch it. party or something like that but they can find exactly what that they'll keep them coming is is what helps us kind of capture people from not being uh so casual about it if they want to get involved in supporter culture there is an option too and i think the crew have been a huge part of that and throughout yeah. tell what is it what have been your favorite things about yeah being like in the north end being a supporter like events have you had what are your kind of golden memories of of crew life oh man uh leon that's like still like it's like can you wait go, are we which talking one, which one did again? you go leon away <laughs> leon at home home okay, okay, okay. yeah were, okay. You, were you leon away as well no I oh, wish. Fuck. Yeah, there, yeah fuck you guys i knew you were trying to rub it in my face <laughs> well, I, no, I was thinking like damn i don't think i saw tetlo down there but i'm gonna i remember but yeah so leon home yeah that was one of the, one of the best for sure one of the best sporting nights of my life yeah. wow. undoubtedly that was yeah. insane that was a, a lot of emotion that night yeah um now diego's gone i know he's he's doing well though yeah, yeah. he's making he's us look good thing. all right. of us i wonder how many people start following the fender oh so <laughs> many people so many people yeah. sorry, I, I look at those scores I'm like, oh, Maybe that's what we're that's what at least I was waiting for was the first DP to be sold or a big player to be sold yeah. and like be like hey I have a tie to a different country's team now right well that was actually I feel like the issue with the mindset of the players too is like they were waiting to be sold too because that's what they were yeah, sold on definitely. you know what yeah, I mean that for sure it doesn't happen because yeah. of a global pandemic they're just kind of deflated because they're still kind of young but now he gets to play with Mesut Ozil yes Shout sir out oh, yes, my guy hey I know the Korean center back Kim in jail over there was also playing he got sent off in the last game he's a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> number one country mother asshole uh, wait so shout out k-pop fans have you gone any on any away days tell uh i've been i've been away so i have a, or i used to they don't live there anymore but i used to have a bunch of family in uh dallas mm. so we we do that but I, I always ended up they're soccer fans and my nephew's big soccer fan. i would end up just getting normal seats and sitting with them mm. so that was that's the only away trip i've done Mm. We're gonna have to change that title. Yeah, I want to. It's, uh, I don't have a good excuse as why I haven't done it. It's the World Cup he shit all over again, bro. He has too many practical things. I know. <laughs> I can tell you, just he makes too smart fucking responsible. Tell smart we're gonna start winning the side money at parking lots, so we gotta <laughs> see. We gotta you know take some saying? risks. Yeah. <laughs> it starts the way it is. Bring us your fastest supporter. <laughs> it's like that scene that Troy was like, bring your bring your, be, bring your best soldier over one on one. Fucking go. Love so it. you also yeah you you do so your you said your sister lives in london right yeah and i think yeah that was one of the, or, uh, another thing you and i would talk about is like they go to arsenal right yeah and then you go you and your wife go yeah. well also, she comes to the north end sometimes well, sometimes yeah 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 she's a little overwhelmed sometimes yeah how has that been like you know so me and my partner my girl we don't she doesn't really love football and in fact some of her word for word sometimes are like i hate football. <laughs> like if you yeah i think that's more of the common sentiment than like this is a great thing that you're involved in yeah so how is that how has that been like is it cool to to sort of have your the two of you guys getting to go to games is it yeah how's it like 
so she's a big big sports uh fan like in general like she loves the pageantry and being around it she went to lsu and she was a cheerleader there and uh she loves lsu football go tigers yes right and like and and not just lsu but like the i don't know if you guys have been to a college football game at like a big sec but like everything that goes into it right like the lead up to the game and like the parade and the band so you're talking about real pageantry yeah yeah I mean, oh, we, that's we always the, say it in in american sports culture the closest thing to like supporter culture yeah is, you know that the sec univers- football yeah, the SEC yeah. Football. Or yeah. Just, yeah football in general like those college what about like, biggie's basketball huh acc basketball baby so she loves she knows what's yeah, going on. She, yeah so she wait, so she loves everything until like we then you start focusing on the, the soccer that's happening on the field ah, and then she's she doesn't hate it she doesn't dislike it but she's just not super fried up about it and then not a big fan of having liquor thrown on her yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. not a, there's a lot of people who love that you know yeah. it's just your matter of like how much you can not yeah, let I'm, it bother i'm pretty you. sure i still get agitated like like every like two three beer showers yeah, like we someone said, just pour, like Slim and I. Beer. Slim and I watched the game, so we're, we're recording this on on Wednesday after we just beat Seattle three 0 and, Talk um, to and um, Slim and I were at watching the game together, and like towards the end of the game, like you know, classic victory, just someone's throwing their last beers, and someone threw like a damn near full beer like right around us, and it, it, oh, it, it, it tagged Tim pretty Slim pretty bad, but it hit the people in front of us that were sort of standing between us and the crew area. They're just you know I think random random citizens. And uh, this dude turned around, bro. This dude turned around and was like furious with Slim as if he had like poured, you know, it just, it just became this whole, like we were talking about 3 0 win. I think that was the only frown I saw the whole night was this dude turning around looking at Slim like, I hope you're listening wet to the pod. You guys are some whack ass bitches. Yeah, Did like you let, him know, you let him know who the fuck you are. No, I was just like, what? Was I don't even like, have a beard. What uh, the yeah. fuck are you talking but, about? Because you threw it. <laughs> the point is, like, you could be having the best night of your life. I think if you get hit by enough liquor, you're gonna yeah. be uh, you're gonna be irritated. But I've get, driven you, enough times like shirtless to go home. Yeah, because like I forgot to fucking pack an extra shirt. That's like I understand. I get it. Yeah, it's nasty. It's nasty. So Angel City's coming. You, you, I'm assuming you're gonna, you got tickets for that. How do we feel about the women's team coming through? Like, how is that pulling at different heartstrings? Have you been to women's games around? Around? I know you followed the U.S. women since '99. Yeah, yeah. When they're, I mean, they feels like they're always playing the Midwest. Mm. Uh, but when they're here, I always go. Um, I'm very excited about Angel City. Me and my mom got season tickets, which I'm like super. My mom is like ride or die for the women's national team. But yeah. It's awesome, yeah. It's not awesome because the women's national team just beat the Korean national team <laughs> six nothing. I know, and it was ugly. ugly. The game, but the game before was all right. Yeah, Wait, do you right. do you fuck with the do you fuck with the U.S. women's national team at all, Spice? Uh, kind of, sort of. They're probably my favorite team USA outside of basketball. But um, I don't know. I, I've been I've been on my Korean tip and just being like, we going we going full full Taekwoki pride all all the entire way across all sports. Yeah, yeah. That's but fair. like the women's the, even like the it's great because the women's game like now there's so many Korean players playing in Europe and all that. This is probably the best talent, but yeah, yeah. they're kind of being they're the national teams have being wasted because of the the lack of management and stuff like that. So it's seeing yeah, and I know the women's US USWNT has their own problems, but. Uh, it's cool to see like a woman's program run so incredibly like like where the women talent actually can shine through. Yeah. Well, one thing, 
you guys always win the jersey battle. Kids are like, it's like, come on. It's not even close. That's what I'm saying. You know? So I'm saying. Though. Wait, so <laughs> we saw stretch yesterday. We're, we're also, we're on, also, man. we're also coming off Tetlow's uh, victory of the Saturday's football kit, kit of the day contest. Your Gotham, you wore the Gotham FC on this last, this last week. That's from my my birthplace, my my old really? place off New there Jersey, you go. right there. There you go, it's man. Incredible. Yeah, man. Shout shouts out to Mitch Purse. She's like one of my favorite players. That's She's awesome. Incredible. So the New York, New Jersey logo isn't it say it has the nynnj do you like the do you like the crest as a new york new jersey man yeah <laughs> i Gotham think City? i mean it's like i went to syracuse for you're, school you know what's so funny is you are in new york new jersey like you yeah you really are you really represent both thank you for saying that because people say i fucking like sam would say i, I hood hop and all that shit i feel I, like you kind of crazy ass I, motherfucker yeah, i own both i'm like i grew up in queens and i went back to queens every weekend but yeah I, but you try telling someone from queens that what are they going to say to you? How many motherfuckers in Queens do you think I told that in my life? <laughs> I see Countless. you. You'll only say it to LA people. No, That's no, what I mean. No, no, no. I told you them. You a Jersey ass motherfucker. They would roast me, but I would tell them. Either way. <laughs> I, I, I is who I is, you know? But it's it's cool. Like the last time I saw like a New Jersey logo was first like, that's that's defunct now it's like the new jersey gladiators or something like that i think they were an xfl team um but the, we have the devils which yeah. is great but uh outside of that like some some motherfucker in syracuse was saying like the buffalo bills is the only team that play in new york and i was like shut the fuck up like what are we doing <laughs> but that's because like the the jets and the giants never take any credit i feel bad for the these players who think they're gonna be playing in the city and they're like going into the meadowlands yeah. it's a swamp it's a yeah. legitimate the swamp. meadowlands yeah but I, I did. did you, have you ever been out to the Red Bull? Arena? No, I have not been out to, to Harrison yet. But yeah. it's beautiful out there. It's a soccer one. One of the very first modern spot soccer is that specific where, Is that where Gotham plays? Uh, yeah. yeah, most of the time. Oh, okay. I think I know the NWSL teams bounce around a, a, a lot sometimes. Are, are, I know this is. I mean, I I have my Angel City FC tickets as well. Are Are we worried about the long term chances of NWSL, or you think that like they have it right this time? Because I know that Oof. Europe is really ramping up there. I do think yeah. the women's game is the women's game is going to keep growing, but I I sometimes wonder did Europe get ahead of the curve now with their women's you know getting U.S. players and stuff like that? Do you? I mean, I'm seeing I got we got to, wait who's on Tobin Heath right? Tobin Heath's on now on Arsenal. She was on. Yes, she, she is. Was on yes, sir. With my girl Medina. I mean, I kind of even feel bad. I actually know more about the Arsenal women's team than I do any other NWSL team. I'm sure I'll know more about Angel City as they fall. I mean, but. you know, there's not, ain't nothing wrong with supporting Arsenal women. Yeah, they're, but they're the best, by the way. Yeah. They're the best in England. Uh, yeah, yeah you know, right. just keep that, keep that. That's right. We're talking about combined trophy halls now. That's what we talk about when we talk about <laughs> trophies. Um, but are you, what do you think? Are you worried about like the European system sort of like eating the, the NWSL alive? I think it's overstated. Um, not to go too in depth on it or into a long story, but a lot of a lot of losing the U.S. women was COVID, because yeah. they were just doing better than we were. And if the choice is to sit here and not play or go play, play for Manchester United, like shut up. Why, why wouldn't Why wouldn't you do that, right? Like so, you know, Tobin Heath left United for Arsenal. Yeah, she's a, she grew up an Arsenal fan. She's yeah. like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Also, also United are not as good. They're they're not in the same division. No, they are. Oh, they are not. Um, okay. But they, they're not investing in the team in the way they should. Gotcha. And they're not treating their women's team with the respect that it deserves. They, they're too busy treating Ole at the wheel with, <laughs> with some more intoxicants to make him swerve off the road. <laughs> Excuse me. If there's a man who deserves some kind of modicum of human decency, it's Ole. 
But uh, yeah, Maybe. that's that's uh, on pure life choice. But yeah, but so, so I think I think post COVID, most of them come back. Yeah. Um, Do you think it I, can become the top women's league in the world? Like, and women from all over the world want to come play in NWSL? I think it it already is a very attractively to complain one of the things that so you know there's you know the dynamic in in men's football right and it's a league without salary cap right and there are leagues without salary caps and there's teams the gaps between the investment and teams are really big on the men's side that's reflected even more so on the women's side so there are really good clubs and i think uh champions league women's football in europe is a of a higher standard than the NWSL is. But that's because it's just Lyon, Barcelona, Arsenal, Wolfsburg, da-da-da-da, right? I think the level of investment in the leagues outside of the top clubs is, you know, much less uh, worrisome for the NWSL, Mm. right? And I think think the floor in the NWSL is probably higher. Yeah. Uh, And I think hopefully going forward, you know, they're supposed to be negotiating the CBA right now and... They're, you know, new new clubs coming in. They have the NWS has a lot of issues, like a lot of issues. I don't know if you guys have been following what's been happening the last, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Non financial, um, but assuming that gets ironed out, I think the league is for sure positioned to be competitive. I don't, I don't know how to. It's hard to compare across leagues, right? When the right, structures right. are so different. Um, for the record, we here on the FCFC pod are throwing it all behind Angel City and we hope it's going to be fucking amazing. I think it will be. I, I just heard hope the that kits are pretty sick. Yeah, I've, I've I haven't heard, seen I've them. heard echoes about kits too. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a man whose eyeballs have seen and witnessed them. And uh, Austin told us how the kits are. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard they're, I heard they're pretty nice. Well, they did just announce that they're going to pay the players a portion of like ticket receipts. Yeah. Hey. I was like, geez. So, one, awesome, you know, yeah. Pay the players, they're worth a lot more than what they're getting. But also, if that means Angel City is finding ways to just throw money at good players, I'm all here. Like, yeah, you know, I want, cool. I want, I want, I want them to be trophy the first season. That's right. Just, yeah. just, just blow it all out of the water. Yeah, exactly. Just like embarrass every other team. Yeah. Raise the whole level of the league. Huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now the FC players are like, oh shit, we got to like win in our own building. That's right. And everybody, all it'll rise all boats. Yeah, if if the men have had five years to win a trophy and the women win in the first year, like, so, so oh my God, that's 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 a hell of a head start. Yeah, for for you not to uh, to bring home silverware. Shout out to Supporter Shield. I know, I know, it's important <laughs> for us. Fuck. Shout it out to the Supporter Shield. <laughs> hey, you have to right. Fuck now. Bruce you know, you Arena. Got- what the fuck? He's doing some. He's saying some stupid shit. Like he's like the stupidest fucking thing is the Supporter Shield. It doesn't make sense for our travel no, schedule. No, I have. That. I mean, whatever. He's. Alexi he can, said that too, right? He can be a great coach. But <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that. I man. encourage anyone who thinks Bruce Arena's intelligent and his opinion should be <laughs> should count for anybody besides the people in his locker room to pick up his memoir. Pick up his memoir. It's called like. Ooh. The problem with us or something, and it's about U.S. soccer, and it's just it's one Shots of the worst. Fired. It's one of the worst written books i've ever picked up <laughs> yeah. and it's just like borderline like i want to talk to who who would like let this copy through because it's just horrible so he definitely wrote it himself <laughs> i know actually he definitely didn't have any actually help. you can like hear his voice in it so if he did have a ghostwriter someone like me behind the keys helping him out then like maybe they just were really good at capturing his voice i can't tell <laughs> i can't whether i can't tell whether to compliment them for like capturing it so well or being like yo like this man has yeah. no place in the world of books. He's always been a whiny motherfucker. Dude. 
He has this. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll be honest. It's like chapter two. This is when I had to put the book down. <laughs> wow. And I, had to, I put the you book down. This check this shit out. Check this shit out. This man, this man's like trying to close up a chapter, and he's just like, one time I got a bottle of wine, and I was just like, well, is this an expensive bottle of wine or not? It's like sushi. You go out and you have like a really pill. Cheap piece of sushi are really expensive. I can't tell the difference, and that's just the end of the chapter. There wasn't a point. There's no point, and he's an idiot. There's a huge difference between a different type of shit. Get the fuck out of here, Bruce Arena, talking to me about you can't make it to the World Cup, but you fucking talking to me about your goddamn sushi taste. That's my hot take. And on that note, we're gonna take our <laughs> second break and be back with some tea time with two. I wasn't expecting to talk about Bruce Arena. It took me off guard. My anger is I'm pretty unhinged. <laughs> fired up about this. You can't be that smart if you look that stupid, though. He is All a right. whiny fucking mother. <laughs> Alright, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. <laughs> okay, bye. We back with Tetlo in the backyard drinking on some tea. We're having a little Phoenix Oolong this evening. I believe this is the Tong Tian Xiang, which is like through the heaven fragrance. Through the heaven fragrance. So hopefully this takes you through the heavens. I feel it. Sounds um, like a Victoria's Secret with you from whoa. middle school. I mean, maybe. Maybe, you know? Maybe. It's been a great evening getting to hang with Tetlo, getting to know him better, um, getting to talk crew, getting to talk running. And now, now I want to just divert the conversation completely different and talk about land. <laughs> I just want to talk about land, guys. So, you know, I'll just be candid with the people on this pod who've come to know and love the backyard, especially like it's been times have been hard in the backyard. Uh, the backyard we don't has never been preca- more precarious than it is right now. We don't know how many more nights we got in the backyard. There's some some situations I won't get into on record uh, relating to the owners of the property that I'm on. And I just, you know, I hope I, I hope I get a stay. Hope we get to keep recording. But it's just got me thinking, man. And I've been thinking a lot about land lately. And it just so happens that our boy over here has worked in real estate and land, and he's thought about the city and urban planning. And I don't know, Josh, you just moved into a new place. Slim, you're gonna move. It's like, how do we all relate to this like experience of like where we physically s- spend our lives in the city we love? That's increasingly untenable to stay and um that this all sounds very dark and i don't even know if i have a question at the end of it but uh, <laughs> but uh tetlo do you want to talk a little bit about like your experience uh like working in in the world of like rights and land and how like i don't know i still think it's like a weird concept that you can own land when i like stop down and think about it and just like how some of us have a guaranteed space and some of us don't and it both bums me out and also like i feel this urge maybe it's like i'm a 35 year old man now i feel this urge to like get a plot of land i don't own any land and i feel like this sudden i don't know i don't know how, how do you how do you relate to land tetlo um <laughs> that's such a that's such a crazy <laughs> we haven't had enough question. i <laughs> we haven't had enough tea we haven't had enough tea yet for this but i've already on it boys i've already on it uh do you, do you own a house we do yeah and, and, like, was that a hard decision to go from, like, being a renter to an owner, for instance? And, like, what what was the reasoning behind it? I'm just curious. It's been on my mind. I mean, if you if you live in America, maybe and maybe this goes to, you know, the kind of the bigger picture conversation you're talking about, right? But we, we all 
live in a you know a particular type of society that's and it's built for most people the primary way for them to build like wealth for the, themselves and their family is through owning a home and so i think me and my wife you know did it for the same reasons that almost everybody else does is that we're you know we're paying rent and we're thinking about what do we want to do with our life and you know where do we want to look up and be in 20 30 years and what kind of security do we want to have for us and you know the kids that we hopefully have one day and in the US the way that you do that is you buy a home uh, whether that's a good idea or not or whether it's a good idea to you know structure your society like that is an open question maybe we're dealing with some of those problems now but you know it's a society we live in spice do you want to own a home like do you have a burning desire to own land or like own a property yeah more recently um i've actually kind of like reshifted kind of to uh i really want to buy a home in my mom's childhood uh town in korea in the island Jejido. um mm. i feel like when you're talking about going back for two months at a time in the summer to, to Botswana, um, I, I kind of had a, a feeling of that too because our parents would just send us exactly what you did. Like they would send us for a month and join us for the last week and a yeah. half, right? When they could get the days off. Um, and now I feel like as I get older here in the States, like my um, my grasp with Korean culture, maybe not my Koreanness is, is, is getting looser and looser. And so I want should I have children, them to have that experience of being like, yo, you're just going to live there for a month and we'll join you when we can, right. but you need to experience that. And I think, um, so buying a land, land in Korea is as, as important, if not more important because of so how small the country is, um, to, to the States. And so there's been, um, I think land I've always understood from gangster movies and my parents as power, as owning the ownership of land as power in a similar way of generational wealth of generating that. So yeah, it's heavy on my mind, is, man. Is Korean population declining in such a way that like buying a place in Korea would it be like an investment? In other words, like the the property value wouldn't be like ever increasing as like it seems to always be in the US or like, so when I've brought this up in our situation and I've talked about like, oh, I want to buy a place in Japan. Like, it's just the conversation has been like, why? When it's just, the price is just going to keep fall, like falling. It's not an investment. I'm like, I don't really, it sounds weird, but I don't really care about the investment. I understand it as a wealth building vehicle, but I'm at this point in my life just like, I love the idea of like a space that I could cr create and curate of my own that wouldn't be, subject to like someone else's caretaking or just or lack thereof yeah i think it's a little different in, versus japan and korea um at least for south korea talking relatively because japan's population is over 110 million uh south korea is 50 million on a very small piece of land like korea itself is the size of new york state right so having that many people um Alongside that, I think for the first time in Korea's history, um, in modern Korean's modern history, there's been a lot of outside um, individuals, not only just corporations, but individuals buying up land, maybe as a result of Korea's cultural soft power of being of people wanting to experience that more and more. So the the kind of foreigner foreigner um, ethic inside Korea is growing as well. So yeah, I don't think that that I've heard that as well. It's like oh, the Japanese government is is giving away houses in like the rural areas because they want people to populate. Yeah, they're it. like free basically. Right in in Korea, the 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 price of land is, continues to go up. Maybe uh, just because they've so run it would, out of in space. your case, it would work for both. It would work as like a potential investment but your main reason for doing it is because you'd want that 
connection. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the thing too. It's like who I don't know. It's it the I had a friend of mine when I was in New York in the summertime talk to me about this similar thing. He's like, why do we go to Hawaii when we have an island of our own that we could travel to that's um ancestral to our people kind of thing? Because the weather thought. sucks in the summer. <laughs> and the that? winter. Wait, Slim. It's, so, a, it's a little more mild in, yeah. on the island, though. So that's, I like that. Oh, that's yeah. true. No, that's I, think, true. I think Josh found a cheat code, and I'm about it. I didn't want to jump on that. I have no ancestral uh, uh, rights to do that, but I'm going to try to just get in on your – you got a little corner of your property I could uh, maybe hang out on? Of course, man. Actually, <laughs> we, we will be airbnb our feature. <laughs> uh, if any of you on the tables want to take, take, so partake is, in a is, is your ideal property – is it – is like where your family specifically from? Do you know that? Is it a rural? Like, is it the, the what's the idea in your head? Um, yeah, I think there's a beauty to like the old rural like Hanok houses, right? It's like kind of traditional homes. My like my grandmother until I was like in my teenage years had like the heated floors with like the the whatever it is powering the 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 floor heat that turned out to be very dangerous. Hot lava, hot lava. I was just hot lava on the floor. <laughs> lava, lava was actually on the floor. It was incredible. So it's it'll be probably a lava. mix of that. I think even we look around California and see all the beautiful architecture here. Like all, if you want a postmodern house, you can find a postmodern yeah. like a modern contemporary house that looks like every fucking house in the world. But what thing would attach me to? Maybe the motherland even closer would be that kind of traditional home inside a smaller small a smaller neighborhood. Yeah. Slim, do you ever think about owning land? Um, yeah, I'm I'm more concerned with owning like shib coin right now. <laughs> um, Shiba. Shiba. Um, but yeah, I, like it's <laughs> a little bit more concerned <laughs> with ordering. Why does it always got to come that, back to crypto? That's a, that's, Slim? that's a means to the end of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually you invest in stocks and. And you're looking point, you're looking for tramp basically you're looking for trampolines and are those trampolines eventually bouncing you up to a home ownership <laughs> no, like is that what slim wants to go higher um, is, that, is that a, met, a metaphor you use? Like, I've never even heard that. I try, it's, it's like uh, the stock market should be I'm a trampoline. So I'm, I'm I'm writing a short story about this right now. Okay. Oh, so it's, okay, so it's trampolines like look I think people the gap the wealth gap gets bigger like oper- certain types of opportunities disappear things get like so everyone's looking for trampolines, yeah. whether it's like crypto trampoline, stock market trampoline, some sort of like squiggly little business trampoline. Like I think people that are in and around our age and a little bit younger there, social media influencing is like a trampoline. How can I get from like A to Z faster and before like the road collapses in front of me or behind me? Wow. I don't know if, if I'm way behind on this, but... I I've actually acquired a little tra- literal trampoline recently, and that's just fun to think about. That I don't have any of my shit together. But maybe your trampoline will be your trampoline. <laughs> maybe you're gonna start a trampoline. Business. Maybe you'll just go. Maybe you'll just go. Maybe you'll just go bounce on it, and then the idea will come that'll like. Because that's like I mean that's like a very American thing too. It's like hey, how about you just like how about you like skip the steps and like get the thing you want now? And like we, yeah, that's like something that's often yeah. like bought and sold. I think there's something to, uh, you know, our generation. Our generation, the generation maybe come behind. I guess, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm I'm 37, so I'm maybe a little older than you guys. Feeling like uh, homes are getting farther and farther out of reach. Yeah. Right? And Did you feel that way even before you got yours? Or did you, were, did you ever lose hope? Like, were you ever like, maybe I'm not going to get a house after all? 
He's like, no, motherfucker. You became <laughs> a like, lawyer he's for like, a reason. Have you not been listening? Right. Yeah. Professional athlete. I, professional <laughs> athlete went to fucking I law, set a goal and I get this shit no, done. It was, it was hard. It was, I'll say it was, it, it was for sure difficult, but it was something that we really, really wanted to do. And I'm, I'm not going to uh, imply that we weren't, we're not in a, in a place where we're really fortunate. Mm. Uh, and we were able to get a home, be, you know, and it's a place that a lot of people aren't. Uh, but I, I do think, it, especially people who, you know, if you want to live in a reasonable distance at all from where your life is, right? Not just work, but friends and family. The think, bank. Right. I think people feel like they have to make a choice. And it's a difficult choice right now, right? Because living anywhere remotely close to Los Angeles is so expensive. And, and nobody's doing anything about it, which I think leads to the trampoline thing, right? Is that it's not just that it's, it's that things are feel hopeless because there is no... Uh, realistic expectation of change in the future. Yeah, there's like the ho- the the trampoline has become the smartest way <laughs> to try it. Yeah, like taking a chance <laughs> and, tr- and jumping up and down on like a. Well, let, let's look at the biggest trampoline that's come out like since COVID. It's crypto trading cards. No, crypto well, <laughs> trading Pokemon cards. cards. Too. I think Pokemon cards. That was a, but the was biggest one that's making millionaires everywhere right now, outside of crypto and stocks, is fucking OnlyFans. Yeah, like man. Instagram models yeah. are about to start buying all the homes in LA, y'all. <laughs> it's done. But yeah, trampolines. It's the home they deserve, okay? They, hey, they work their ass off. Hey, the, if, if the simps are going to pay them, get your money, queens. Um, but and yeah. kings. And kings. That's what so. kings. <laughs> yeah. We see you, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, um, like, as someone who's, like, looked at land, at least in the city of Los Angeles, like, um, the, like, is there hope? Give us, give us some hope. You got, you got a home, but like, there's, is this gonna just get worse? Do you think? I know this isn't your, your yeah. I'm not trying to put you on like the, your the end all be all, but you have a lot more experience thinking about this topic than I think I do, and I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. Uh, I'll say that um, I don't want to be, I don't want to be super negative, but, but we'll allow that. This is the this is tea time. Anything goes. Yeah, there's there's I don't think there's really a realistic. I mean, home home values certainly aren't coming down. I don't know that there's a really a realistic chance of them flattening out. And I think there is as as much as people um, highlight this as a big important issue, right? And people talk about inequality and all these all these things that are going the wrong direction and seem to keep going the wrong direction. Kind of, it almost feels like a, a runaway freight train. We don't have. Um, politicians or a politics that will has any realistic chance of leading to real change, right? Like even kind of the most minimal um, diversions are almost impossible to do, right? You look at mm. it's you know it's so hard to build anything, uh, and the you know unfortunately the the, uh, the people who really have power uh, are are you know existing homeowners and NIMBYs and and those are the, who our politicians are really responsive to so we're not going to get a big kind of influx of housing anytime soon because those people don't want it and uh you but know we see but we see like so many apartments going up all over the city but they're all like crazy expensive apartments. <laughs> well so we perceive of I mean you guys have traveled around the world a lot right we we see apartments going up and we think oh there's I see three apartment buildings going up in my neighborhood and they're going to be six stories tall and uh, that means there's more housing coming online. Mm. 
you know, if you go to Hong Kong, right? Go to go to other large, densely packed cities, and see what it really means to build a lot of housing rapidly. And we're nowhere near that, right? We're we're miles and miles away from that. You go, how many blocks of Los Angeles have, you know, five to ten story buildings for blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks? Mm-hmm. That's really rare, right? There's like downtown, and then there's a you know, there's Century City, and then there's kind of apartmenty neighborhoods that have two or three story buildings, and that's it. But when you go to other places, I'm sure Korea is like this, right? Most, you know, Thailand Towers, countries, yeah. right? <laughs> Not a lot of space. Yeah. They build housing like crazy, and our our expectations are so skewed by what we think. When you know we see this is going up, and it causes a little bit of traffic, and it's a pain in the butt. And we're like, God, there's so much new housing coming in. And we're just, we're not close to the level of housing construction that we would need to really impact home, home prices. What is that? There's a new building in Culver City. Have you guys seen this building? Like on Jefferson and La Cienega? Like, it's just massive. Like, it just sticks up. Yeah. Like a sort of something. You know that. what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's kind of near uh, where, like, Kenneth Hahn Recreational Area is. And maybe that's the size we need. That, that, that building's probably, like, what do you think? How many stories do you think that building is? 20? I mean, at least 20, yeah. Plus, I was about to say. 20-something. Yeah. So we need more of those. You just need more of everything. Yeah. You need more big buildings. You need more middle-sized buildings. You need more of everything, right? There's... I mean, they've made an equation out of that, right? They've bet all the big tech companies have bet in Culver City. Like, I know for a fact, like, Apple <laughs> during the pandemic was just buying buildings left and right to make up a campus in Culver City. Yeah. The same with um, uh, who else was out there? There's a lot of different, like, kind of tech tech booms that moving from Seal Beach into Culver City, closer inland, right? But it's close enough to the airport. And um, the apartments there are going to be for most likely the people who can afford that kind of rent because they they work at those tech companies and they want a proximity there. So, I mean, that's the problem too, is like a lot of these high rises going up and the affordable housing that they're offering inside the units are minuscule, right? So it's like, there's nothing, nothing that, like we look at Koreatown even, right? Koreatown towers and towers are, at least my perception prior to this was like, they're going up. But um, I had a friend of mine who was in real estate tell me like, they've done the math and they said, I'd rather keep this at 40% occupancy then offer affordable housing for the neighborhood because I make more money that way. Yeah. Or like it's better for um, the kind of the PR of the kind of people who live inside our building, the kind of income level, um, if we keep the rest of it empty. And so that's I think that's kind of the problem with it. As you know, as we talk about sprawl and we talk about LA and all that stuff, it's like the places closer and closer to the dynamic of the city seem to be um, while building still inaccessible for the people so I mean I, I hope the more building that happens there there can be that kind of use but again you, as you said the politicians who answer to the people who vote very well are the homeowners are yeah. more people homeowners are, developers yeah developers as well yeah. and, the, and the funny part is I think if you and you know uh, you hinted at this earlier but you know I used to work for lots of developers and developers would love to build a lot more if they could but the city doesn't really let them you know so it's it's you know, it's it's easy to blame developers for putting up expensive housing, but uh, that's oftentimes all that they're allowed to build, right? If mm. there's caps on how big you can build and where you can build and all these things, you know, we drive land prices up by making we've zoned the city so there's very few places where you can build houses. So then obviously the or build multi-story buildings, right? The value of the land goes up, which drives up the cost of construction. Right. And so then 
developers, one, they need to have higher prices because the, their cost of construction are way up, but there's also way more, um, way less competition for their, so then they can higher prices. And, it's, you know, it's, and all, all of this goes back to treating housing, leaving housing as, as a, you know, it's dictated by market forces. Yeah. Right. As opposed to treating it like a right or as a, as a common good that needs to be provided. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I wish I was altruistic enough to be mostly thinking about all the people who don't have homes and uh, any sort of way to like rent a place or whatever. But mostly I've just been thinking about it in strictly selfish, <laughs> you know, in terms of like, wow, like, is sure. it going to be more, is it going to be cheaper for me to like buy a place in like the desert in the middle of, I don't even know where and like fly a helicopter to the games every time <laughs> I want to go, you know what I'm saying? Just, should I just get a chopper, you know, like just get a <laughs> chopper and like get a little helipad, some rent a little helipad and just fly in, fly my chopper in for the bank. He's <laughs> back. Bye guys. I got to go away in my helicopter. Like, is that going to be more affordable than buying a house in exposition park? I don't I love this neighborhood. I would like to stay in it, but it's cost prohibitive, bro. Okay. The, the love for the neighborhood, man. I think that's interesting too. It's like, well, yeah. Where do you, like, where do you want to be? Like, where would you want to be if you could be anywhere in LA? You know what? Like, I like I live in Filipino town. I walk around the Silver Lake Reservoir every day and look up at the houses around around the reservoir. And I'm like, that's where I, I'd love to be. And then if, if I feel so foolish, I, I, go, I go on Zillow and I, I look through while I'm taking a walk. And I just have to place happy songs from then on out. Just you're like, you're like only out. four million. Yeah. It's like, and then you start making these deals, which is like, oh my, that's incredible. 1.5, incredibly affordable for a fixer. <laughs> and I'm like, all that shit. And, um, but it's right. That's it's interesting. like the more we look at it, it's like, this is how we build any modicum of wealth, any, any understanding of wealth yeah. in America. It's like, but there's an interesting, were better off. but there's like an interesting line there, at least for me. Cause it's like, while I'm alive, in this moment, which is the only moment I have, I would like to be like living somewhere that I enjoy spending my time, yeah. like physical space. Like, I mean, the, the structure itself for sure, but also like physically where you are. And for me, at least like the investment part of it and like that is like such a second thought versus like what I could experience, like by staying, for instance, in the neighborhood I am now and like getting to enjoy the life that I have now. But it's more of like an existential question of like, yeah, where do you want to spend your time? You know, like, especially now that so many of us work from home, I've worked from home even before the pandemic. So I spent a lot of time at home and the backyard, having a huge backyard has been wonderful. It's, it's unheard of, right? It's and at what cost? I know, I was kidding. Uh, but people, people come over here and they're like, wait, I've ne never even seen a backyard in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome. But yeah, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer though, right? You're, you're all, we're all just trying to be happy. Yeah. So Mount Washington though, Mount Washington's a good neighborhood. I enjoy Mount Washington. It, we love it. It's great up there. The hills are nice. I miss, we used to live in Atwater. Mm -hmm. So I used to be run around the reservoir a lot. Yeah, yeah, I miss yeah. the reservoir. Not that I'm that far away from it, but. No, I get that. Reservoir life is, is, it's pretty fun, man. Um, talking about things that make us happy and around the reservoir the 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 neutra neutra house just opened up for tours again mm -hmm. and i've always, i've walked past that every time ever since i moved in and i'm dying to go i, I booked an appointment for uh near thanksgiving time so really yeah, are they hard to get my wife really wants to go um i think now it's just like a few weeks ahead but yeah it looks it's like 30 minute tours yeah. So it seems it seems cool, but I've I've walked past and looked at like oh my god, this is like in all the books about California, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's a lot of gorgeous houses up there. Oh it is. My God. It's hard to. It's really hard to walk through there and not imagine dream of that. Like, yeah. Like, um, let's talk. Let's talk some re- recommendations. Recos. Yeah. Recos. Time for recos. You want to kick us off? Yes. Um, speaking about that, Dweezie, uh we're talking about just kind of happiness and and loving neighborhoods. Before I was listening to this podcast before called "Nice White Parents." It's by Serial, right? The people who produce Serial, and um, it's about a Brooklyn school district when it was trying to integrate first, um, and talking about like the how what you say in practice and what you have to actually sacrifice to have this dream of integration and cultural prosperity together with people that are not you and getting to know them and like even best intentions being laid out and often uh, people of color being the ones who who kind of get the short end of the stick of that. Nice White Parents, I think it's like six episodes. I think it's re- it was really, really a fun listen to. Um, and I'm gonna have a second one. Shout out AMC Stubbs. I'm an A-list member. I don't know if I've recommended this before, but uh, respect me. I'm an A-list member. <laughs> after every after every time we play, they play the trailers. They say thank you to all our A-list members. You make this happen. I'm like, I did make this happen. You're such a douche. <laughs> There's an A-list member. Fucking skip the line pass for for popcorn. It's you feel like the fucking shit, bro. It's incredible. I feel like I feel like Kobe when he rented out Disneyland for for his family. Like that's how I feel every time I go into AMC. But so your recommendation is to join AMC. AMC Stubbs, the A-list. Don't even join regular Stubbs. Join the A-list so I can add you to my how buddy much, pass. What, what, give, give, how much it's is 20 it? bucks a month. You can watch three movies a week at any AMC. Oh, wow. That's $20 a month, wow. three movies a week. And a movie so ticket right now is $17. That's crazy. You can watch 12 movies a month. Yes. You're... Wow, that's a pretty good deal, man. But there's and not there's not even that many movies out. No, like, but now it's all coming out. There's so many now, dude. November, so December is going to get in, hard. get in, get in now. Get your get in now uh, get before grandfather. The price. Get I'm grandfather. That's what I'm saying. If you want to buy that house, man, you should start <laughs> renting out your pass, dude. You're speaking of dude, which, Airbnb in your pass. Yeah, I will yeah, get you man. one fake ID so you can you can walk walk through that too. I saw this post today on Instagram about a guy who um, he ate every meal for the past couple years at Six Flags after getting a season pass because I I guess they provide two meals a day Um, and then he talks about speaking of trampolines um, how he paid off all his college debt by doing that for a few years, trampoline, bro. <laughs> I think I think Josh. I think Josh just found an AMC AMC trampoline, a newest trampoline. That's right, baby. You can do if the you, stock, you own, or you can do the pass. If you own a, if you own a AMC stock, you get free popcorn first time. Is that, is that true? Yeah. I don't yeah, think it's yeah. just first time. I think it's every time. Oh, for real? How do they yeah. verify that? I mean, I just pull up my weave. I was gonna right say, here, no, I got my shares. I'm still waiting for this fucking squeeze. When's it coming? <laughs> so Wait. that's a screenshot. Can you please? <laughs> <laughs> Where did I, I, I heard nice white parents like advertised to me somewhere. I wonder it why. was, it was, I think it premiered like a couple months ago. So it was probably hit, getting hit in the circuit. Maybe on the daily. The yeah. Times, yeah. Listen to that. Maybe that's where I heard it. But really good. Good recos, Josh. Was that your recommendation, Slim, by the way? Your... Well, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> mine is for all the people that finished Squid Game and are looking for another Korean drama. Uh, there's one called uh, My Name. Um, it's kind of like an old, it feels like, you know, like the old Korean gangster shows and movies that we loved when we were kids, like Chingu and, and whatnot. Oh, is it the woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, my know. name is, what was it on Netflix? Yeah. Give me a synopsis. A quick synopsis. Um, 
father gets murdered, daughter goes on a mission to avenge father. By twist. joining the gang? By joining the gang that he was a part of. And that's as much as I'll say. Say less. <laughs> Is that it? Is that your only record? Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes you've been hitting, you've been hitting those double records. The Maltese, yeah, yeah, those just multis. one. It's, uh, yeah. Tetler, do you have any recommendations for the people? I got, I got at least two. Yeah, hey. let's go. Uh, one, buy Angel City tickets, Ooh. gear, hey. swag. Get on yes. the train now while you can. And the sweater is hard. Their gear is hard. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, two, I felt like I was to not be so negative about the state of our city, uh, or so hopeless. Vote in your local elections because, you know, find out who your local comp, uh, council member is. Like 12 people vote. You can go. Uh, it's not hard to get meetings with these people. You have way more power in your local elections than you have in any other election. You know, everybody goes to vote for your president. It doesn't matter. Uh, voting in your local elections does matter. Uh, so find out when they are. Find out who your council member is and vote, vote, vote. That's a great record. I even feel bad talking about what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> shades of Jeff White, shout out. Free yeah, shades of go Jeff free. White. Well, yeah, we go back to the politics episode. Shout out to David, David, David Kim, David Kim, David Kim. He our, almost won, man. He was so close. Yeah, yeah. I hope if, he runs again. If our if our FCFC listeners would have just turned up in bigger numbers, <laughs> they did. They did. You're right. They did. They did. They always do. Uh, that was a trip. That was a fucking trip. Seeing his name on the election ballot, I mean, like. This motherfucker. This man, this, this man stopped by the backyard. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. What is fame hoes? I'm gonna, am I just fame ho? A little bit. Okay. I, I think so. It's okay. It's That's why right. you moved to LA. <laughs> no, not true. Anyway, Dweez, go. Melrose and La Brea. I think it's a block south on La Brea from Melrose. The Bill Brady Gallery. Now through December 10th. Good Grief, an exhibition by my friend and Sean Dwyer, my little brother, Sean Dweez, is going to, he, he has his portrait painted uh, on the wall inside of it. Her stuff is like, uh, her name is Jess, and her stuff is, it's portraits um, in like normal settings. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm like, tripping over myself when I think of it. It's, it's sort of abstract, but it's, um, they're like bubbly figures. Just go see it. It's really, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. It blew me out. It blew me away. I had no idea. I knew she was a painter. I didn't know she, I mean, all of her paintings have already sold. She's at a show in like Milan and she's going to have a bunch of other ones in Europe. And I think she's going to be like a really famous artist. Uh, if she's, if she's not already, and they're beautiful. And Sean's and Sean's one of the figures. So it's cool. Check and it out. It's free. Already, it's free. That painting's already been bought. It's free, by the way. It's already been bought. Yeah. Wow. You can't go buy them. I try, I was like thinking like, damn, I can't get a house. Maybe my trampoline know, is art. That, that, I was going to say, that sounds like the trampoline. <laughs> the trampoline could be art, but, uh, you know, alas, um, they they were already sold before. Her name is Jess Vallis. Go check out her Good Grief exhibition. Second recommendation is uh, Ted Lasso. I don't think I've actually recommended that. When I first heard about Ted Lasso, I'll be honest, I was like, this is the stupidest idea. The synopsis is so dumb. Everything about it, even like the premise, I was so against it. I was so like, nope, this is not for me. Yep. Like, I was angry, borderline angry, borderline like just ready to vomit (laughs) when I saw the graphics. 
it's pretty and even the second season which you know there were well, there wasn't discernible conflict in the beginning it gets better uh pretty damn good show and now they're not bad luck because they were there when we were <laughs> when we beat the sounders so it's because the main character never showed up third recommendation for all you readers i got art something you can watch if you even if you're doubting ted lasso go fucking watch it uh sally rooney is an irish author she wrote normal people conversations with friends her new novel is called beautiful world where are you and her writing is is like soothing in the same way that ted lasso is soothing but it's also just she's like a master of like simple revealing portraits of human beings and how we treat each other like it's it's mostly just about people like uh, the plots don't necessarily wouldn't necessarily interest you it's like some love stories some career things of young people but she's just so she's a spectacular writer and i highly highly couldn't recommend her books more sally rooney what's the title of the book beautiful world where are you beautiful world where are you is the new one but she she wrote conversations with friends before that and then normal people normal people got turned into a mini series for hulu that's right so i think all of her books are going to become series and she'll these these books are i think they're very, they do very well as well from what i know but she's phenomenal check out her shit that's it and on that note this has been another episode of the fcfc pod bye fcfc 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 fcfc